This is the Sea to Sky podcast, exploring what the Sea to Sky has to offer. Welcome to another edition of the Sea Sky Podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm sitting with Stephen, who's uh, helping us out with the podcast from here on out. Thank you very much, Stephen, for joining us. No and also, big thank you to Kirsten Andrews, who's joining us for our first uh, episode back after a, well, a short hiatus. Let's call it a short hiatus. My pleasure. We're talking about the Constellation Festival that's going to be happening next month. Uh, it's It's big. Next month. It's already wow. next month. You've been planning this for how long now? About 20 months. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's coming closer. Yeah, it feels like, uh, the you know, getting on a roller coaster and when that bar lowers and you're sitting there locked in and it's about to start going and you... You can't do anything. You're, you're going on the ride. I would I would assume at this point you're at the apex of the first hill. Quite you know that, that thing is crawling up very every so yeah. slowly before you hit that big crest. I yeah. think you're cresting at this point it's a month exciting. ago. It's exciting and it's you know a little bit. Uh, it's all new. It's all new. Like we've all done events before in different ways, but this is. Uh, this is our little baby, so yeah. It's well, it's awesome. just not you who's organizing. Who else is no, on the team? No, I'm. I am one of four partners. Right. Yeah. So Tamara Stanners is a longtime broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kat Matthews has produced and worked on festivals in Texas for a long time, and relocated to Squamish in the last few years. And Kurt Larson is just a total pro in the craft beer industry, and so he brings a wealth of information and knowledge and in many capacities. I was living overseas when Squamish had a music festival beforehand. I thought it was it was doing pretty well for itself. There was Pemberton, then there was Squamish, mm-hmm. and it was it seemed like we were a very festival-centric place, and then there was a bit of a drop-off. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, the two festivals left for entirely different reasons. And I know Squamish was, was doing really well, but also it w- had grown to be about close to 40,000 people a day, and the town as you know, is is developing and places that they had camping have been has been developed, places they've had parking, you know, was developed. And so their dream of creating something bigger and brighter than even what it had become was getting more difficult from my understanding. And so they've brand live in particular has gone on to develop Skookum in Vancouver, uh, which is coming back in 2020 at Stanley Park good friends of ours they've been super helpful and you know mentoring us through a lot of this and you know Pemberton can speak for itself it uh you know had some fiscal issues <laughs> so what makes you different then from the other two I guess you must have lined up everyone you need to line up obviously yeah well I mean I think our biggest difference is we're all locals you know we all live and work in Squamish and have for many many years and so you know, as opposed to Brand Live being a Vancouver-based company, and then Live Nation got involved with that the last couple of years that uh, Squamish Valley Music Festival took part. You know, that was we were a destination that had a, a location that interested them and used that to their advantage and to the town's advantage. And we're coming at this from a very different place. We see that there is something missing. People enjoyed having that celebration, maybe not on the large scale that it was necessarily. Some loved that. But as for locals, we just really wanted to put some culture back into our community. There's other fantastic things that happen. Squamish Arts Council does the Wind Festival. There's there's a lot of really great initiatives, but something on a slightly bigger scale. Music and art are really near and dear to all of our hearts and um, certainly celebrating what we have in terms of Craft Beverage Association. You know, we've got a lot of... Uh, uh, local brewers, cideries, the distillery taking part in the festival, local food trucks, in addition to additional ones, artists coming and doing painting and, you know, different art activations and installations. And then, of course, music. 
we're just coming at it from a very different direction. The bands you got coming. You, yeah. you have some pretty big names coming in here. Some pretty top Canadian bands as well. Yeah, well, I would say it's actually, it wasn't even necessarily our motive to do this uh, from the get-go, but it turns out we have pretty much an entirely Canadian lineup, with the exception of one Canadian living in the UK and a UK citizen living in Squamish. Jesse Reyes... Bahamas, Serena Ryder, Current Swell, uh, Half Moon Run, A Tribe Called Red, The Boom Booms, Winter Sleep, Peach Pit, Dear Rouge, Jocelyn Alice, Fox Warren, Scenic Route to Alaska. I mean, those are definitely some of the higher up artists. Um, Fred Penner is coming. Fred Penner. Yeah, which we're really, really excited about. He's very, very alive and well. Yeah. Did you try to differentiate yourself from the other festivals? with the artists that you chose because it seems a lot of up and coming and independent mm-hmm. and, and more than like the the huge big name act. Well, I think budget, I mean, to be, you know, 100% honest is definitely a part of that. We're just establishing ourselves um, and we do hope to grow uh, the festival in general over the next four years. So this year we're starting out at hopefully around five to 7,000 people a day. And in contrast to that, you know, Squamish Valley Music Festival was about 40,000 people a day. So we're talking about apples and oranges in that sense. But um, over the next four years, we look to land around 15 to 17,000 people a day. And we're going to cap it at that. We don't want to be any bigger than that. So to maintain that intimacy. Where are you looking? You're going to be in in Squamish Valley as well? Or the uh, the previous? The the site is the same as the original location. It's Hendrickson Field. Mm -hmm. It's um, just uh, Finch and Loggers Lane right by Brennan Park. There's uh, softball fields there, and so it's a really great, big, grassy, open space. Now, I noticed on your website you're doing shuttle runs to help yeah. people move in and out, and uh, so you're expecting quite a bit of traffic then if you're offering shuttles. Is that just to ease the congestion and parking issues? or is just... Yeah, I mean, I think with the number of people that we're expecting this year, we don't really anticipate. We've got a great traffic plan, and we've got people working on that, but shuttles getting to and from Vancouver and Whistler multiple times a day and through the night, so they've got the option of not bringing their car and not having to worry about, you know, drinking or mm-hmm. anything like that. Also, there will be shuttles running to and from the two campsites that we're uh, working with. Chikai Ranch and Klahani are where we're going to be putting our campers, for mm-hmm. the most part, that choose to you know do it in a more formal way like that. And I say that uh, formal is in attached to the festival because we'll have shuttles for them. We are definitely not condoning any un- unauthorized camping, especially in district properties. So mm-hmm. we really are working and doing everything we can to discourage any of that sort of guerrilla camping activity. <laughs> So say I'm a local and I get myself a bracelet. Let's go down Imagination Road now. Mm-hmm. And I come to on site. What am I expecting to see? What kind of experience are we looking at here? Well, maybe you'll bring your bike and lock up at the bike valet and get yourself into the festival grounds. We've got two stages that will have continuous music. It's not a festival where you actually have to pick and choose between the artists that you're going to see. You're going to get one on stage A and one on stage B, just one after another and bouncing back and forth. We anticipate that you'll have some interaction with circus arts or rovers throughout the festival. There'll be a huge, incredible, I'm so excited for this, 20-foot mural that we're going to be doing with Paintilio. They are a company that recently launched in the last couple of years that do paint by numbers. 
but on a large scale. <laughs> so they also do small scale, but they also do these big events. And so we're going to have this incredible Squamish landscape that everybody can just pick up a pot of paint and a brush and go to the number or pick their number first and contribute either for two minutes or 20 minutes, or they can sit there and paint for two hours if they feel like it. It's and what uh, happens to the mural afterwards? We are hoping that it's going to be installed somewhere in town. We're still looking for a sponsor. So ideally, it could be a developer. It could be, um, I mean, maybe it goes to Brennan Park. We're not entirely sure just yet where it's going to go, but just a legacy piece from the festival to the community. And what kind of tickets do we have here? I noticed you have VIP tickets and you have regular tickets. What, what would you say is the difference of the experiences between the two tickets? I'd say first and foremost, we want everyone to feel like a VIP. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, we're offering great, as I mentioned, craft beverage options, cocktails and things like that for people who want to partake in any alcoholic beverages um, and a site-wide liquor license so that we have the freedom of going to our blankets and sitting with our family or sitting with our friends and not feeling like you have to be kind of away from the action. In the corner and fenced off. Somewhere. Yeah, That's more civilized. And certainly the VIP experience is going to give people an elevated viewing area. There's going to be different shade options and lounging options, a private cocktail bar, some high-end bathrooms, you know, <laughs> areas to sort of primp and preen uh, a little bit more. The four ply instead of the two ply. <laughs> right. Most people that I speak with, you know, by and large, are just like, yeah, VIP for the bathrooms alone is worth it. Um, a designated food truck for that area. Yeah, just a little, just a few extra perks, basically. So yeah. you're talking about like a lot of craft breweries, a lot of the local crafts. Mm-hmm. Locally, who, who do you have participating? Or do you have some external ones coming in as well? Well, we have Big Rock and Tall Creek is our overall beer craft provider and cider. And they are fantastic in that they, they are also craft beverage producers. And so that is our main sponsor. But locally, we're going to have a locals area where we can highlight Backcountry and A-Frame and Gillespie's and North Yards and Geo and a few others. Yeah. Sounds very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already anxious. Stephen's already down Imaginary Road. <laughs> I watch a scenery writer. I'm going to have a nice little pilsner in my hand. Right. I'm sitting on my oh. blanket. I'm going to have a good time. The also, I should mention that we'll be serving wine from Fort Barron's Winery which is pretty much the only local winery we have, but they are off the charts amazing. I've been part of their wine club for years and years because they're just, they produce exceptional wines. And so we're actually really lucky that they looked at us and said, yeah, we'll come on board. So you mentioned Fred Penner. Is that the only thing you have going on for the kids? So if someone wants to bring down the family, you mentioned Fred Penner. Mm-hmm. What, what else is going on? The so it's a, and... totally a family-friendly event yeah. um, in, in all ways. And there are other artists such as the Utenuts from Kelowna, the that are from the Vancouver area. But our take on kid stuff is a little bit different to sort of the societal norm where everyone feels like you have to provide them something different like a bouncy castle and a kid's painting area and geared down towards children. We really want them to experience the festival from a true lover of music and art. And so while our Paintilia will have a canvas for the children to, you know, paint on, I've been bringing my kids to music festivals since they were babies. I'm not a big believer in providing them with sort of the experience of a tailored non-adult. I feel like we we can go and do this as a family, you know, and that's why it's important to us that it's family friendly. To that end, we've created a, a weed garden, which is going to be BC's first sanctioned weed garden, slightly off 
to the side of where mm-hmm. we are so that we can offer people who want to consume cannabis, for example, an area to be that's not around the kids. Um, and and while there's a site-wide liquor license, the statistics have shown that people overconsume less alcohol when they're not feeling like they have to, you know, pound two beers to get back to the stage to right. see their favorite artist, right? And so we really want this to be not unlike what your home environment might be like. Adults will have a glass of wine with dinner and that sort of thing. And we want people to be able to do that sort of thing at the festival. Yeah, in my experience, if you have people all caged in a corner, they're going to act like they're caged in a corner. Yeah. And then they're going to just, and you're right, they're going to power down their drinks and head to the stage and sometimes become more of a nuisance. But yes, keeping that environment where kids are coming to watch the music and just chill is great. But you, you did touch on the weed and yeah. now mm-hmm. I'm going to have That's to follow up. I'm going to follow up mm-hmm. on the weed. Mm-hmm. One, how? Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like rules and regulations and how you got away with it. And oh, two, yeah. where is it coming from? Yeah. Three, am I able to purchase on site? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's so, a different world now. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, the laws have changed and we've had to really roll with the punches this whole year and, and liquor and cannabis board have been learning as we all go along this year. So when we went to them last year and sat down in June, they didn't know what to do. The laws were just about to change in July. They're like, we have to wait and see. And it's been a lot of that all throughout this year. At one point we were being told, well, we can sell it. And we hadn't even con- contemplated selling it actually. And then we're like, well, do we even want to do that? But creating a lounge for adults where they can consume cannabis. Uh, incidentally, you can't drink in that lounge, which is sort of one of the differentiations of the law. It's personal, whatever you bring with you that is within the legal carrying capacity. I think it's, I want to say 30 grams because it, it seems yeah. like quite a lot. Seems like a lot. But uh, yeah, for whatever you can legally carry for personal consumption, you can legally bring with you. We aren't selling it and we're not getting around anything. We are merely accommodating a known fact that people will consume and use it on site and we want to provide them a safe space to do and so. And so they are only allowed to consume on that one space. You're are you going to Correct. Well, because it's a park, we have to provide where the district is basically, they know people are going to be smoking cigarettes, tobacco, and cannabis, right? And so we have to just acknowledge the reality that people are going to do it. So we want to provide them places we to do it be where safe it's too. I mean, not it is, a fire hazard. fire hazard. Yeah, guides yeah I mean, so mid-July or yeah. towards the end of July, it's uh, we're sparky. <laughs> so we want to take care of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been—you mentioned the the district has been easy working with the districts, uh, getting all this together. Have they? You know, it's been a full time job. Uh, certainly, one of our partners is spending the majority of her time working through all of the plans because we have to come up with you know many plans for traffic, for communications, for signage, for all of the things. Right. You know, so she's she's very dedicated and committed and working really closely with them on those things. Who, who's she? Sorry. That's Cat Matthews. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have yeah. there been any huge challenges? I think, you know, just one of the things that we've just had to navigate was the perception of what the former festival left, mm-hmm. you know, and so coming up in in the wake of that is we are very different. We're local. We're small. We have a small budget. You know, we don't have the infrastructure that they had. We don't have the, we don't have, we're not a multi-billion dollar multinational company, which Live Nation is, mm-hmm. to be able to deal with a lot of the things that I think were recognized maybe after that festival left is like missed opportunities. 
There must have been a few things that the district came at you and said, like, all right, listen, first and foremost, you got to clean up after yourself. A hundred percent. You know, you gotta, and, you and why wouldn't we want traffic. to? But you know what I mean? You're right. local, so that's like, why would I continue playing baseball in garbage? I yeah, live my here. kids, my kids play on that field. Uh, yeah, like, really. why would I leave that? A mess, you know. Well, I'm sure they, they, they had a litany of things that you needed to accomplish because of their experience prior sure. with the, the previous group. Yeah, and, and I think, for. I mean, by and large, we really we want to meet those expectations too. You know, we don't want to upset our neighbors. We don't want to endanger any wildlife. We don't want people, you know, cavorting in the streams where the salmon might be spawning. Cavorting. <laughs> <laughs> where the salmon are spawning. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's spawning. <laughs> so those things are always real. They're really important to us, too. We don't want any unsafe activity where someone could get hurt. Unlike, and I'm not saying that this was the instance with the last festival, but unlike any festival production company that drops into a community and then pulls up and leaves at the end of it, we live here. We have to see all of our neighbors in the grocery store That's every right. day. It's important to us. We have kids here. We've raised kids here. I have young children here. Um, yeah. So the event is like basically from dusk till dawn. What, what's, what's the timing? And, yeah. And how so can I get tickets? Like, uh, So if people want to go and... You go on your website, the uh, mm-hmm. Squamish Constellation. It's, it's just constellationfest.ca, mm-hmm. and you can buy tickets right there. Uh, we're selling through Frontgate, which is a property of Ticketmaster, so there is some tie-in with them. The gates will open on Friday at 3.30 and go till 11, and then Saturday and Sunday the gates will open at 1.30 and go till 11. So we wrap up early enough in the night that we are hoping our neighbors will be pleased that the din will be contained, the people will be out of the neighborhood, you know, at a reasonable hour, hopefully by 11.30, and we're going to do our best to try and just encourage people to go to one of our events we'll carry over at the Naughty Burl, where we've got some programming uh, planned and then people can get into some of the cideries and the breweries and the distillery and other clubs and restaurants. You know, we're encouraging people to get special permits and stay open late, keep the party going. So this is your perfect time to pump your sponsors. Oh my goodness. We have so many amazing people who have supported us, not the least of which is Creative BC, which really stepped up early in the game and gave us a significant grant. They really believed in what we were doing and we're just super, super grateful because I don't think we'd necessarily be where we are without them. Big Rock Brewery, as I mentioned, Rock Creek Cider, Nude, and then we've got amazing support from media, you know, not the least of which has been our local media, you know, Mountain FM and The Chief, 1027 The Peak, Global, Georgia Strait, Fox. People have really picked up the baton, you Weren't know. you named one of the top festivals to go to this summer I yeah now by a that. couple of them actually it's been good exclaim magazine said we we're one of the top five festivals in the country to attend okay. and georgia Strait just named us as their uh, one of their top summer activities to go to as well well yeah you so. got beautiful squamish you go like, hike the chief and then go watch the festival you can't have some, beat it you have can't some backcountry brewing some a-frame brew and your like local ciders i mean yeah i don't just not a bad thing. As long as they go home afterwards. Yeah, they go home <laughs> well, in a nice orderly fashion. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think the biggest thing, like honestly, is as someone who does love music, you don't have to travel anywhere to do this. It's in our own backyard, mm-hmm. you know, and the beautiful chief in the backdrop of our main stage is going to be breathtaking. And to be able to do all of this, and like I said earlier, you know, the beginning, ride your bike down or walk or take the bus taken an incredible day of like energizing really positive vibes 
and go home and sleep in your own bed and come back again and do it all again the next day. And you don't have to drive to the city. You don't have to book a plane. You don't have to drive eight hours. It's all happening here. It's not in the middle of a desert. No, it's not dusty. <laughs> it's not dusty. <laughs> it's not dusty. <laughs> it's not dusty. But you said you had a four-year plan. Yeah. Because you mentioned this is your first year out of four. Where do you hope to go by your Well, hopefully year? it's our first year out of like 30 Many, or 40. But or, you, you, you have know. four planned. You, yeah. You seem to have, like, you mentioned that you had four planned. What, what's your trajectory to buy the fourth one? Where do you expect to see it by? number well, wise or at just, wise yeah or? well growing I mean certainly growing um, our audience to, you know next year to maybe 10 or 12,000 and then 12 to 14,000 and then 15 to 17 we'll see where we are comfortable um, what feels good Canadian for the theme? community there's always going to be oh my gosh are you, you know like I was the weird music nerd that would stay home and like I recorded the Casbys I don't even know if you would remember the Casbys <laughs> yeah. Canadian artists selected by you you'd vote in your like local record store and it was like sort of like the Record junior stores, the so. junior Junos and I was like 10 12 years old and we would record this on the Betamax and I like literally knew the whole telecast front to back seriously. oh yeah way better than a VHS <laughs> you know the thing is I remember doing that myself so we're seriously dating ourselves right now yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. but I love it I mean because we, we're all music nerds at heart I think everyone like, recognizes a lot of these names and yeah. uh, like Fred Penner again I don't take my kids just to see Fred Penner go see that guy Dad used to listen to that guy. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a legend. He's <laughs> a legend. He's a Canadian Ryder, icon. Uh, doing a radio show lately. She's amazing. She's so good. Yeah. She's got a lot of talent, like very diverse talent, and um, and a, an incredible way of connecting with people, which yeah, I is something I absolutely adore about her. Well, she's Canadian. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But so, so we'll always have Canadian artists, uh, guaranteed. I mean, that's it's it's uh, for Tamara and I who sort of helm the creative end of things both of us love supporting you know upcoming emerging artists that you know we can spot that talent hear that hear those riffs and those songs that just like really speak to people but they haven't had a big platform for exposure we always want to be able to give those artists um the experience of being able to connect with an audience well, that's what those festivals are for. That's exactly what yeah. they're for. It's like, Discovering like, new people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think. I think a lot of bands were kind of obscure until Woodstock came around, <laughs> and now they're forever etched in music history. And you need those avenues for Canadian artists to, to basically thrive and get that exposure, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this day and age where everything's all digital. I mean, it's it's hard to get your name out there over the noise. So to get out there and actually watch someone live and actually appreciate their art, yeah, is is, is, uh, is fantastic. Well, well, and a big part of what we're doing is just creating another avenue or another venue for artists to perform in because those are shrinking all the time. That's something with Creative BC that we've really tried to partner in, like basically just providing another stage for them to showcase their art. Well, you still have tickets available on your website right now? We do have tickets on the website. We are just launching our camping, our parking, and our shuttles this week. Is so, there any local deals? Our, there was a huge locals deal when we <laughs> first launched. Yes. Yeah, really people quickly, could. It, it went within a few hours, and then we added another 20% inventory to it. Um, it was so well-received. That's a good sign. Um, but that's, and you know what? It, it became a, you know a contribution of one hundred and thirty thousand dollars to our community by offering that. So we wanted to do that, and we're so so flattered, really, that people. But it also gives you a good sign way. that people are willing. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, if you sell out, then you add more inventory to it, and they just go out the door. Then you know yeah. that the the community is wanting it. There's a thirst for it for sure. For it. Well, I wish you all the best of luck with the events. I hope to catch uh, a few of the shows myself. I'll bring Great. my kids down. And Kirsten Andrews, thank you very much for joining us the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, guys. Steve. Maybe we'll do this after the whole show, and you can tell us how it went. Sounds good. I'd love to. Perfect. Love to come back. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on. 